Who drink officially? Yay! We Yay. yes, this is official now. It's official. This will be the first one, I think. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it is. This we'll is, see. Yeah. Let's go. So, being that it's December twenty second, uh, we've each seen Rogue One at least twice since its release date was last week, the nineteenth, right? So, a couple of things. We obviously talked about some prep that happened uh, before, you know, watching Rogue One, um, including some TV shows, some books, and some other things to reference. So, some needs to know. But first off, did it live up to the expectations? Did we like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down, Rotten Tomatoes score. What are our thoughts and feelings? John Hughes. Oh, yeah, 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 the actual huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, honestly, I think it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. What? Yeah, it's up there. I loved everything about it. Well, first off, what's your first favorite? Return of the Jedi. All out. Not Empire Strikes Back, like most people think it is. Yeah. I do have a fond spot in my heart for Empire, but Return of the Jedi is my favorite. And now, my second favorite is... Rogue One. Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Which isn't even really part of like the lineage, if you will. Doesn't it's, matter, it's still Star Wars. It is kind of a, a rogue movie. Mm. Oh, yes, uh, it's there. Uh, yes. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I mean, the, the, the characters were, were perfect. I it, It's. So, this is going to be complete spoilers because you haven't seen it, then what, what the hell? You uh, need to go home and rethink your life. Exactly. You yeah. might be at home right now. You need to go and rethink your life in your closet then. <laughs> or a movie theater watching. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I going into this movie and having the connection that you have with these characters, knowing that they're they're all gonna die, and this adventure that the that that's happening and unfolding in front of you, I mean, it just it works so well. And I think uh, for me, the character development was a big part of why I like this movie so much. Which, how do you gain the love and affection of the viewers? So quickly. Yeah. I mean, you really do fall in love with Janessa. I have to say her full name, Jin Urso. Jin Urso, yeah. Um, well, not just the Jin Urso. You have Cassian. You have all these characters that just make like K two S. K two. K two. Can we just S-L-O. talk about that for like I mean, he a just moment? Stole the movie. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, he's a droid that you just you you, you love. You fall in love with. He's like, a droid to love. Uh, it's. It's a thing. Marcus, how'd you like the movie? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess one of the sides like uh, he was saying before, uh, you instantly fall for the you instantly fall for the characters. I mean, back on the average call, the the beginning of the movie felt like a little bit rushed, like for the first like ten fifteen minutes. Right. And after after that everything settles in and was called kinda of falls mm-hmm. into place. Uh, the pace is just right, the time it was called time is there. Again, you do fall for the characters uh, very well because there's uh, there's there's everything. Again, you got the um, the reprogrammed droid, which you call this, has that which you call that right amount of attitude, which you call it, which you call it, it's, it's uh, so much attitude, snarkiness. It was C three PO on like some illicit substance, like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got the right amount of care, with the right amount of comedy, with the right amount of care, which you call caring. Uh, you've got two characters that which you call that have lost everything, but they which you call they uh, learn to deal with it in different ways. You've got two characters which you call that have a um, extreme, you know. Uh, codependency and brotherhood with one another, and you you get attached with two of them, and almost you got the uh, the guy who defects, and who just realizes well, why didn't I you know do this uh, do this sooner? Um, but you know timing is everything. He was told that to you know to make his life right, uh, you you basically you know deliver this message you know to the uh, to these individuals, and you pretty much you know help kickstart the what you call the rebellion. Yeah, that's um, definitely what it was, and all, and all in all, it was a, was a kickstart to that. 
So every character, what you call, you just can you fall for them, and what you call in different ways, because uh, everybody's attached to somebody in some kind of way, trying to you know trying to again uh, make it right, rebelling against certain ways, uh, you know, like uh, again, um, an extreme sense of you know du- uh, dutyhood and uh, brotherhood, and the everything flows so well together and so quick. I think that yeah, the flow worked really well. I mean, a, a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of things saying that it moves really fast, and you're, you're you know, you're one situation, then the next situation. But I mean, it, it still it works so well, um, at the, especially within the action sequences. I mean, that the end is so reminiscent to me of Return of the Jedi, which of course, going back to my favorite movie, uh, in Star Wars, just said that that battle of just like them outside the Death Star, and then the inside the or getting to the Death Star, and then inside the Death Star, that that the end battle with Scarif. And above the shield, below the shield, that just war zone. I was about to say, what you call it? The, uh, the battle on the beach. Yeah. If you see, like, you know, like the Battle of Normandy, what you call it? Yeah, it's just, it was, you know, you're just, you're, you're outmanned, outgunned in every way, shape, or form, but hey, what you call it? You're, you're, you're going to fight it out, and then all of a sudden reinforcements arrive. Mm-hmm. Boom, you got you got more hope, you know, to make this work, and you're fighting against impossible odds, and you just keep going, and right there, you, you know, the whole time you just root for the rebels. You know? that, that actually reminds me, too. Thinking about like the themes of the movie, I know this is something we talked a little bit about before, but you know when you think rebellion, re- rebelling against like the the cause or the right or the norm or whatever the case may be, it, there's a small window or a small gray area where it can come off as something else. And I think in this movie they really kind of highlighted on that, which was you know acts of terrorism. And I think when you're looking at like that battle specifically, it seems very strategic and it seems like it's carried out very well. Um, but remember how it was initiated was they placed bombs everywhere, you know. Um, I know that Scarif was, you know, it's an imperial or well, it, it isn't like a... It's an imperial occupied planet. Right. And it's not like there were like civilians. Obviously, it was pretty much all stormtroopers, yeah. you know, and then... At least the part that we saw. The part that we saw. Yeah. So, I mean, does terrorism have to necessarily inflict innocent people? No. Uh, it can inflict a war zone, too. And I think that what they did w- was terroristy. Um, just going along kind of what Sagrero is kind of known for doing, being a little more extreme. You know, we saw that in Clone Wars, and, and you know, you definitely get a a nod to that in this movie, mm-hmm. especially with the comment that the senator makes. She goes, you know, well, there's a lot a lot that he's caused or a lot of, you know, trouble that he's made, you know. Mm-hmm. And they even want to execute him, you know. it's Terrorism's no joke. And, and when you want to rebel, I mean, there's a, a very specific order and significance in the actions that you do to not be perceived as terrorism. And I think it was a pretty intense theme that was seen over and over again. Same thing when they were on, um, you know, the uh, Jeddah, you know, the town looked like a town you would see in, like, Syria or in Iran, or it literally looked like those it's, places. It's a, it's a very art intimidate, uh, in, intimidates, uh, what's the word? Antithesis? No, art, art imitates life. Wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Art <laughs> imitates life kind of aspect of it. It's just I'm going to put my thesaurus down now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just was very, it, 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 to me, it definitely was... It definitely was showing a little bit of real life. And I think that that theme was very heavily relied upon to kind of send a message. Um, nothing, I don't think there was any political undertone like we discussed before. Like, I don't think anything like that, but I think... Hashtag jump for sure. <laughs> when I do think about, um, you know, that aspect of the film, I mean, I guess it was appropriate for the extremity that they had to go through to get the plans of the Death Star to, to the Alliance. I mean, I understand that they had to take these incredible measures and make these sacrifices, but it really did hone on the theme of terrorism. Do you know, you talk about uh, the suicide bombers. What part of this mission wasn't a suicide mission? It was, As a matter it was, it was pretty much a complete suicide mission. So you, you get the, but, the end part when they're all joining together and it's just like, we've done terrible things for... But I feel like they, you know, while on Scarif, I feel like Jin and Cassian had hope of escaping. Yeah. I, I, Which, I, I don't feel like any of them didn't think that there was a possibility that they could get out. Well, once they closed the shield, they pretty much knew. Yeah. But that ter- that's where that terrorism theme just pops up over and over again. It doesn't in the film tons of times. Um, they even mention the word terrorism. They even mention it. So I think um, 
you know, I think it's it's pretty insane. Right in the beginning of the movie, they mentioned terrorism. Mm. Because he says, you know, you said the quote earlier. Oh, yeah, the, uh, um... You gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. And he literally was mentioning terrorism versus... Yeah. ...practicing normal war. So the thought, entire area of the, in the rebellion. I definitely think that's something to note. Even what the people were wearing... Uh, in specifically in Jeddah, uh, you know, and the way they were even speaking. These are things that, you know, I don't know, I, I hate to pay attention to, but you can't help it when it's so blatantly, obviously, smacking you in the face, you know. Mm. But uh, definitely a personal opinion of mine. I just thought that was interesting. doesn't mean anything. There's no subliminal attributes there. There's nothing that I think the film is trying to say. I just... <laughs> I want to play the FBI. Under undertones. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be appropriate? FBI. Mm. FBI. Is yeah. that what I'm trying to say? No. X Files. There yeah. we go. Oh, I'm older. I miss you so much. Oh. Um, whatever happened to those like little mini episodes they're doing? Remember? Uh, it was there. it was a part. It was kind of like a resurgence series. Yeah. And then and then it, what it happened? Wasn't, well, it wasn't a real. It wasn't supposed to continue, but they might continue. They they haven't said anything that I'm aware of. I just need more X Files in my life. That's that's a true statement. Um, Jillian Anderson. God, mm. so good. Good, it well, all, all, good in Hannibal as well, who was also, you know, Matt McKenzie. Matt, Matt McKenzie. I always get his name. You're wrong. doing great. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Is, how many beers are you? Uh, Two, four, four, five. Four, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. We're enjoying some Stella. Some fat tire, and I'm, I'm having some makers of the splash of Coke. The fat tire is warm, though. That's how it was in the. Mm, mm, my fridge it. sucks, sorry. Yeah. That's a thing. Yep. Mm. Um, speaking of suicide, uh, why does Disney have to kill everyone? I. <laughs> because originally. Yeah, the, the, the original. Uh, uh, Garth Edwards uh, did, a, did an interview about the, the multiple, you know revisions, I would say, to the script and everything, and the original concept was, you know, everyone survives, then, of course, you know, only some people survive, and then, hey, let's just kill everybody. Yeah. And, I don't know, with me, I, I don't feel like anyone should have lived through this, because with, within, putting it within Star Wars continuity, we already know what's, it, it, Star Wars is the Skywalker saga, which... Force Awakens gets still confused about that, but whatever. <laughs> we'll find out in eight. I hope. Um, but, yeah, so, with this one, we already kind of know what happened to the extent of where they got the plans and all that stuff. I mean, you can't... I, I guess you could continue some of these stories, um, but at, at the end of it, I, I feel like all of them dying is the way to go out. Well, I guess it was rumored that roughly 40% of the movie was altered mm -hmm. during the reshoots. That was, yeah. This is from an article on movieweb.com by Brian Gallagher um, about the Rogue One director explaining the original ending and how it changed. And they really did want to keep them. They wanted to put Cassian and Jin on an island somewhere, specifically not the island that they were dying on, but maybe another one. Um, maybe it really was. And they just were like, oh, let's... Photoshop explosion in the background. Maybe they didn't die. Ooh. They died. Yeah, they died. Um. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> they're, they're, they're dead, dead, dead. Yeah. I mean, but I, I feel like the deaths were appropriate uh, the way that they went out. Uh, I, I still feel like the best deaths <laughs> inside joke uh, was K2SO. I, I thought that I, I that, that was definitely the best death. Yeah, that was the best death. Best death. <laughs> um, I, I, to me, that was that was the best one to go. I mean, he just fucking he just just destroyed the stormtroopers left and right, and then finally was getting shot, and it was just like you know what, all right, uh, you guys are safe because I'm gonna die. You could probably reference some movies where that's happened before, where mm -hmm. they're just going out, guns blazing, and end up taking all the bullets. Yeah, and. I, I felt, I, to me, I think that one had more meaning because that was then, he was sacrificing himself because they're in that situation to get those plans and that they're the only ones in that, that area. But he's a fucking droid. And that's why it's meaningful. God he's not damn he's it. programming himself to just, like, he's, when he gets his programming. His robots take all my heart feels all the time. 
<laughs> fucking sucks because they have nothing. Well, I mean, I mean, they do. It's just data. It's pretty much just data. Oh, by the way, just quick point. Um, Felicity Jones, mm. right? So, I mean, besides being banging, right? There's a scene where she jumps off into the what looks like a calm room. <laughs> um, obviously, it's filled with hard drives, and she pulls out the. The Death Star plans. The Death Star plans, and it looks like a fucking SATA hard drive. It does. And then she clips it, but the camera focuses where her ass takes up the entire frame, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's perfect. I'm sitting here on the couch trying to move my butt <laughs> away, and it just did not, did not work very well. Yeah, it just we looked very it. awkward. That, <laughs> that silence was not what I wanted. Right Is the uh, coming soon? <laughs> <laughs> but... Just cracked me up that the Death Star plans were on the set hard drive. Thought that was pretty fantastic. And you know, just asking. And just just ask. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's that's a thing. That's a we, thing. We appreciate it. Well, you got you got to think about it. What you call it? So they were shot up in the shot ass, and they were still in the parts of the Death the, the Death Star where it had a, a, a default in it, which is basically a <laughs> you shoot something up its tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> It blows up. Hmm. It's kind of fitting if you huh. put too much of the other. Interesting. Mm. Well, mm. you're going meta on this now. Mm. Yes. Hey, let's go think about it a little bit, a little bit too metaphorically. I may have had too much drink, but uh, or my mind is not dirty. But anyway, you had well, two beers. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not opening another one. Mm. <laughs> that was just us going. Shh. I get judged a lot. Mm. Not not well, not here. most people. Yeah. Oh no, well, I'm definitely judging you. That's a thing. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. Um. Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a okay. thing. Mm -hmm. But Marcus is driving and he's being responsible, so yeah, he's only yeah, having yeah. two beers. Usually we're at my place where I just get wasted anyways. And I'm only like five minutes from me house, so I can drink a little bit more mm -hmm. and be okay. But now that I'm like like twenty minutes away, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta be responsible. Damn it. Yay, responsibility. It's a thing. Son of a bitch. We didn't have to come here, guys. No. I just offered because it was close and it was raining and scary. And I was just offering. And what you call, we accepted your offer because we wanted to make sure you were safe. And now you're complaining about how much this turn on you. Because I'm a female and I victimized myself. But we just watched a movie with a strong female role. Yeah, Star Wars has been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, I don't like it. Sexist. Apparently, yeah. I thought this, I just... Marvel or D Disney in general was just kind of going that way. And Shut I'm up, like, Trump supporter. Mm. <laughs> uh, speaking of they're Trump, just, they're bleeding out of places. I, I, I don't, you, you know. <laughs> Are you going off of what you go? You don't trust anything that what you go to bleeds for seven days and doesn't die. <laughs> 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 right, South Park. Uh, <laughs> I actually heard the reference before South Park, so but whatever. I know, yeah, I did too. But it's always possible. Ah. Anywho, mm -hmm. uh, the hashtag dump Star Wars, do you want to get into that a little bit? Or did we already get into it enough? We kind of talked, I don't know, it's fucking It's boring. dumb. It's stupid. It, the movie was not reshot for anti-Trump propaganda. It, it, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. I mean, it could be a thing, but it's not a thing. But I mean Disney, mm. you know what I mean? Well, Disney accepts all. They really do. Mm. Um, Unless there's... They have not. They have not. You know, but they've had some weird relationships historically in their films. I mean, Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, you have to know. That's a romance. No. That's a bromance. No. That's a bromance. Timon and Pumbaa. How is that not a bromance? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, who could have done that? You know what I mean? Well, you know, it's, it's not Ren Stimpy out there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Two other things we wanted to talk about. Oh, Let's... wait, no, I'm sorry. There has been wow. a gay couple. Wow. Yeah. For, for all the listeners out there with us, I'm There sorry. has been a gay couple in Star Wars, but it's in the actual books. So they're in uh, the, the story that comes right after Aftermath. Uh, right after the, or it's before, after Return of the Jedi, before Force Awakens, there is a lesbian couple that is watching over one of the main characters uh, as their mom comes to save him. But yeah, so there is there is gay couples in Star Wars. Yay! Yay! I just redeemed myself because I've got a lot of shit on that one. That's okay. Mm. That's alright. Um, can we talk about the accents, though? Yeah. 
accents. Bloody right. Mm. That tells you. <laughs> Indubitably. Indubitably. Can I do Cockney? Oh, that's a really bad Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad. I just would really like for you to never do that again. Oh, I'm gonna do it again. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, so accents for the, you know, Imperials is always English. And we thought that this is because of a certain war. Well, like, mm. <laughs> no, but what was the theory behind the accents? Uh, it was a uh, World War One. Yeah, World War One. Yeah, World War One. Uh, and the, the, the George Lucas is, uh, is, is big on history, so the Imperials had British accents because they were against the Allied forces, um, and that was where he basically took that all Imperials should be British essentially. And they have that accent because they're against the rebels who are, I guess, would say American or whatever. Bloody hell. Um, and then in the prequels, we had the Nemerodians who were Japanese. And of course, that was with World War II. And extremely racist because there were white people playing those voices. And they didn't sound Japanese. It was very... It was, it was, like, it was like a white guy playing a Japanese person. Oh, thank you. Mm, not that bad. Oh. But pretty bad. <laughs> Lots of accents in this movie, though. Yes. Lots of English. Which I'm fine that they're they're embracing that there's more than two you know, languages. Well, I kind of liked. Arabesh. I mean, I kind of liked you know having different um, ethnicities as the main characters that you're paying attention to as well. Yeah, we have Cassian, who is well, technically Bail Organa. He's Latino, right? Uh, but actually, having an actual Latino character right. within Star Wars with an accent, with an accent, who came from like chocolate for water or whatever yeah. it is, and like that—that's I—I I think that's a big thing. It's a progressive thing within Star Wars, I would say, because I mean, you—it was always—it was always like you have English accents, you have American accents. That, that's what it was for the original trilogy. Then you have the the prequels, which it was. Nemerodians who were Japanese, and then you had Americans. Well, Ken Dooku, Christopher Lee, didn't he have? Did, no, no, it wasn't that British. It was, it was still white. Yeah. Pretty American. I just said white. Hmm. But uh, historically, the opposite side was because of uh, the the World Wars. That that's kind of where he went with it. And now we're getting that, like with Ray and you know, Force Awakens. Having the British accent and knowing everything about everything still confuses me. In the first order, it looks and sounds and acts a lot like Nazis. Well, I technically, I mean that that is derived from it because the first order. I mean, German. They would go the big old red flag with yeah. a, you know from the black. Well, him giving the speech in front of everyone too. I mean that was that was pretty. Pretty German. Mm. Very German. Mm. By the way, movie I'm thinking of with Diego Luna is Ito Mama también. So I fucked that up pretty bad. Because, um, like, Water for Chocolate or this is just a totally different, totally different movie. I don't think I've watched that movie. You have. We had to watch it if you ever took a Spanish class. I did. So, yeah. accents. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. Star that's Wars. A, that's a thing. But, it, well, it doesn't mean anything anymore now. No. No. No, it doesn't. So, uh, let's uh, forget all about that. But really quick before we do, Donnie Yen. Yes. I mean, I know we were talking about accents, but... Can I just, for two seconds, Donnie Yen. So fucking awesome to yeah. have a non-Jedi kung fu fighter whoop some stormtrooper ass. I didn't really, I didn't get the part where he was like, is your foot okay? And I'm like, why are we saying that? Why do we care? Stab. I know. He was joking. I know. Was, it's not fucking funny. Being, he was it's, being playful. It's business time. It's, he was being playful, and that adds, you know, layers to his character. No, no. This is life or death, stormtroopers versus one dude. Was it blind. really life or death? Because he, he knew he could take them all. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, uh, no, I'm not the only perv on the show. You are. I just say pervy things. It doesn't make me a perv. <laughs> it makes you, makes you a perv. Uh, just, just not on the same level I am. But you know, we're hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Donnie Yen, fucking amazing. Uh, and the issue is, has a hard time with this character being serious the entire time. Which you call while he's kicking ass, but which you call one of our favorite uh, characters is Deadpool, who doesn't take anything seriously. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> that was that was a tangent. Uh, yeah. 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 No. I I, I, I think him, uh, him and Bosk, their death scenes. Too, well, going back to the death scenes, they really, that, I, those were more meaningful for me throughout the movie. 
Yeah. That's what that's what I also meant. Boy's called by by that brotherhood where, yeah. where, where he's walking down the ends, uh, walking into the rain, and Bosch says, "Where are you going?" He's like, "You're you're gonna need help." It's like, "No, I have you." Yeah. And the other guy's just like, uh, gets his gear and he jumps out of the uh, you know the crash ship and you know follows him. So like, no matter what, uh, they have they have, they have difference of differences of, of opinions of how they go about things, but. Again, what you call it, coexistence, where one, you know, doesn't really just go the other one, and they have like a stream brotherhood, where they'll follow each other into any scenario. Now, talking, talking about that aspect too. If, if, if we were to get prequels in, you know, whatever kind of medium that we're going to get, it's probably going to be comic book or it's going to be novel form because I doubt we're going to get another movie on this. Uh, I think those two I would want fleshed out more. Yeah. Um, especially the the line about he's like, oh, he was the most devoted of. The, the, the followers, the, the the guardians of the will. Guardians of will, yeah. And I feel like that that's a story to actually be told of why he decided to you know, cast the force aside, I guess, and follow his own path with his friend. Uh, I, I think that would be a very interesting story. I, I mean, we already got Jin Urso's early story. But we didn't get, like, all of it. You know, she mentioned that she was with Saw Gerrera, he ditched her when she was 16. He said, you were the best in my troop. Well, you know, I, I want to know, uh, the best soldier I had. Yeah. I want to know a little more about that. I, yeah. I want to know a little bit more about why she was sitting in jail with that weird hentai looking motherfucker. But <laughs> I just want to know, like, what, you know, what her situation was a little bit more, you know. We could find out. Well, it was just announced that he's going to be in Rebels, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, the, uh, within the Rebels cartoon, we could have we that could aspect have that. of Jin be See, there, there's her contract. She was contracted to be two movies. Yes, yeah, she was. So she was now contracted it could be the cartoon. Mm -hmm. But they, but the article that I referenced earlier also said um, that there's a possibility that she would yeah, be in some sort of Skywalker no, spinoff, no. which I don't understand how that would even happen. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I think that's kind of a stretch. You know, we did, we did want to talk a little bit about um, prequels, and we did want to talk about those origin stories mm. and which ones we were interested in seeing. I know that there's some people that really want to know about Saw. Uh, if yeah. I if I could go the rest of my life without seeing Forrest Whitaker play him again, I think I'd be happy. But um, that's just you me. really didn't like it. I really didn't. I, I, but the thing is, is I'm not I'm I'm not a fan of Forrest Whitaker. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I mean, if I could have chosen somebody else to do that, honestly, I I probably would have considered. Morgan Freeman. No, no. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for Morgan Freeman for whatever the fuck he wants. So. You know, I yeah. would have I would have been entertained seeing fucking Ice Cube play that role. Like I think that would have been dope. I know. No. I love him. Yeah, I know. He does belong in Star Wars. Friday. I don't care. Friday, yes, Star Wars. Yeah, I know. I'm just joking. We got Sam Jackson as a badass motherfucker. Yeah. So that that's that's the, all the bad well, then we got Billy D. Williams too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the original OG. And I, I feel like I should have a Colt forty five in my hand right now. <laughs> but, yeah. well, I'll, I'll think about who I would have liked to have seen in Forrest Whitaker's place. Mm. I'm even thinking fucking Denzel Washington. Because mm. he could be a good villain. Well, but Saw's not a villain. No, but I mean, he has that... To me, Saw is like an anti-hero. He's not like... Yeah. Okay, well, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. God. So not, not like training, not, not, not like training day, mm. but... More like... Ooh. King Kong didn't got shit on me. No, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna come back to this. <laughs> I'm gonna put a pin in that. Mm. I think Denzel's my choice though, and then I'll have a reason as to why. Well, Denzel's a choice for like every because he's fucking awesome. Oh my gosh! Anyway, Trinity anyway. uh, meets a uh... Book of Eli. Mm -mm. Oh, Ooh. dude. Blind Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Book of Eli meets Trinity Day meets Virtuosity. We're gonna come back to that. Yeah, that's a. But but we'll we'll come back to origin stories we want to see. How about mm. that as a whole? I think uh, origin. I don't know. I don't need. I don't need a young Luke Skywalker thing. I, no. I feel like I already know his yeah, story. Yeah, we know him. Yeah, he he's you know a, a bitchy little kid on Tatooine, but wanting to get power converters. Do we know? Uh. You know, Yoda. I think we talked about that before, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, well, Yoda is the most mysterious. But the thing about it, what's called, that's what makes his character, what's called, so, so lackable and everything, is, is what's called the mystery when you start unraveling so much of it. I don't know mm -hmm. if I want to know, like, a complete history, but I mean... I, I, I just want to know somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere where he 
either began or took charge of his journey. I mean, his race is still kind of, you know, up in the air and everything. Yeah. The only other person that we've met that is in his race is Yaddle, who's also on the, the Jedi Council. Qui-Gon was his battle one, right? Uh, yes. Okay, and, sure. And uh, so was uh, Count Dooku. Right. I was, I was, yeah. I was a show. No, no, no. Dooku was his Padawan. Dooku, uh, uh, Dooku was Yoda's Padawan. I think Qui-Gon was Dooku's Padawan. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So show, show, show that show Yoda training Dooku. I would say that that's about as far back as I would want to go. Anything further than that kind of takes away from, um, again, what's called, like, the, the, the mystery of I'm of so Yoda. sad that the Old Republic's not a thing anymore. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like it, it, that, that should have kept with continuity. Yeah, well, it's thousands of years before everything, so why, why the fuck not? You should write them a letter. I should. Dear persons. Lucasfilm, I am a... I was going to go white girls on this shit, but I can't remember what I said. <laughs> As I sip my pumpkin spice latte, ah, mm. I can't help but reminisce the times of the Old Republic. <laughs> I just really wish you would make that shit legit. Mm. THNX. legit. Um, I would also like to see, you know, I know that there's talk about um, the origin stories of uh, Han Solo. Well, yeah, that's right. the next movie. And then no, well, that's and the also, next. I like, I like rivalries too, so what you call it, I would like to see what you call Both it, the story. Well, Boba Fett, but I kind of want to see what Jesus you call like, like a, a rivalry between um, Han Solo and, uh, no, Dash Rendar. So the outright oh, yeah, but the Ashrado doesn't exist anymore. Right, that's the thing. Would you go because they, they took him out? That was one of the things I, I would have wanted to see. That was that would be kind of cool. Because they actually mentioned a couple of times each other's names and like they have like a, like a little bit of rivalry of who's got the fastest. The Outlander, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That, hey, would, that would have been cool, but yeah. you know because you took that you know the the kind of it's like oh you bastards. Yeah, I mean yeah. Well, yeah we, the, so our next Star Wars story, of course, is going to be Young Han Solo. I mean that's going to be interesting. I I I want to see how they take it, especially since. The continuity for the longest time has been, you know, with a uh, with him meeting Chewbacca. Chewbacca was basically a slave to the Death Star, right? And, and the Wookiees were enslaved to help build the Death Star, and you know, Donald which they made absolutely no reference to in Rogue One. Well, yeah, but the Death Star was pretty much complete with Inquisition. And there's also uh, I, I, God damn, I gotta finish the fucking book, but uh, Tarkin, uh, Tarkin is way before this. And it's about him uh, overseeing the, the the construction of the desktop. Oh, okay. Uh, I do. I, I I need to read it. Oh, and then Maybe. like, just you know, since we'll figure out origin stories. Obviously, they're coming. You know, there's a couple anyway, and then there's some we put a pin in because we want to figure that out. Mm. But the superimposing of the faces didn't bug me the second time. It yeah. It didn't bug me the first time. The second time it did bug me, oh. and then the third time it really bugged me. Really? Yeah. I, like the first time, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh shit, okay." I mean, Tarkin. Tarkin. Tarkin looks... Tarkin's got very pronounced features. Yeah. So it kind of works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More so than it did with Leia. Leia looked a little ghosty. Yes. Looked a little half dead. Um, I mean, I feel like like the the first time I watched it, it took me out of it a little bit. The second time, I, I was already expecting it, so I'm just like, okay, so this is gonna happen. Up oh, there it is again. Okay, I'm prepared. And I thought they may have done that in the fighter scene when they were going to, you know, uh, penetrate the shield and when they were going to break the shield. Nope. And that was actual film footage. From the original Death Star Strike. From the original Death Star Strike. Mm -hmm. Which is fucking badass. I mean, Garth Edwards got to have, like, just going into, like, the old vault and seeing that kind of shit, being like, having access to be like, yeah, go ahead and take a look. And then using that film in this movie, just like, that would give me a rogue boner. Mm. Hey, no, okay. Yeah. Um, last but not least, something that I discovered that I'd like to share with you that I thought was fucking awesome. The scenes in the movie, uh, you know, the interwebs tells us where they're filmed. Um, you know, I don't know if people want to like go there. I know that I probably would for a lot of reasons, but that's just the nerdist in me talking. Um, one of the scenes that was filmed is in the very beginning with the. Um, long blade grass and the black sand beach um, and that was filmed in its entirety in the most southern part of Iceland and um, 
it is like a legit place. Um, on the Star Wars website, it actually calls it out and talks about it. You can look it up on your own. But what fucking amazes me about this place is that the local folklore is about a man who loses his wife to these trolls that attack the area. And there's these big, like, natural stone structures that they claim are the, are the remains of the trolls that killed his wife because he deemed them to never leave the island to ever do that to anyone again. What fucking blows my mind about that is the obvious that he loses his wife on the island. Yeah. And what an incredible tie. Like, what a random fact. And I, I really, for a long time, I'm like, wow, man, I wonder if the film scout, if the, the, you know, the location scouts knew that. If there was, I, I feel like that they, they had to have incorporated that into I, it. I don't know. I just, it blew my mind when I read that. Um, Even if they didn't know whether, like I said, whether they scouted or not, they probably had like a local with them that probably you know told them the story. I'm like, oh, we can incorporate some movies in that. So somebody, they, you know, somebody knew where they, they found out about it before they filmed it, and that's why they did that. I'm pretty sure it was I, I think it might have been an afterthought, or at least a. Uh, I don't know. I, to me, it just seemed a little too good to be true. Because when I read it, I was like, no way. It just seemed like such a random. Just a random place, but I guess it's called Renis Fiara. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but that's where it literally has black sand, uh, long blade grass, beautiful area. But yeah, that's actual uh, folklore of the of the area. And I don't think we see those two natural stone structures in the film because I specifically looked for them and I was watching it again. I didn't see them, but. It was filmed in the same area, and I just thought that was such a such an interesting coinkydink. That is a, that's, that's pretty crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with that, you know, Rogue One it was legit. I thought it was exceptionally filmed. I loved seeing it. I saw it in standard 3D and now IMAX 3D, and and you know, standard is for me always a way to go. But IMAX 3D was really a lot of fun. I felt for a couple seconds that I was in playing some Battlefront, you know, <laughs> uh, flying an X-Wing and stuff. And that cinematography was, was great. I mean, the, the scenes when the Death Star would eclipse the moon upon it, it the destruction. Mm-hmm. Oh, not just that, with, uh, with Scarif, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was just so well done. I The shadow work tripped me out the first time watching the movie. And now that I've seen it a couple times, I understand it a little bit better. Mm. There's a scene where it shows the start of the destroyer, and it's literally, you kind of come up on it, and it almost looks like a Lego figurine. Oh, but yeah, you see the, the different layers. Yeah, you see the does. different layers, and you see the shadow pulling mm-hmm. back, right? And then it pulls to the Death Star. And then it pulls to the Death Star, and you start seeing the shadow. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's it's literally, it's because it's, you know, retracting. It's retract the laser beam, um, but mm-hmm. it's literally, that's what's happening in that moment, uh, and that's what's causing that shadow to give you the grandiose just obscenity of how huge it is compared to even just the destroyer. Mm -hmm. And then um, it happens again too earlier in the movie with the rings of that planet. I want to say it's... That's the original. The rings was the the opening crawl. Yeah. The opening scroll. No, but it's it's also the light and shadows being reflected that make it look like they're cut off. And that part tricked me out. I was like, why are the rings like totally just stopped? Why is it a sharp line? Mm-hmm. It was because of the shadow. So the light work and cinematography, I think, was meant to kind of keep you a little captivated and a little questioning. Like, what's happening right now? What am I looking at? What am I discovering? What I think, am I yeah, learning? I, I, I think that play worked really well with this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or just more of that and two with the, the, the Death Star on a Scarab coming out of the clouds. And yeah. Stuff. Just the, the, the vagueness or the, the subtlety of the Death Star. They did a lot of cloud work because yeah. when the AT, and by the way, they weren't AT-ATs. They were ATACTs because they're cargo, which are easier to kill because you can shoot them in their necks and their legs and just fuck them up. Maybe that's why they weren't on Hoth. Oh, wow. Maybe they abandoned that idea after Scarif. Probably. I feel like Look they should because, yeah, they... they Look they, at you using your brain and shit. Mm, um, that's what Six Beers does. Yay! Yeah. Beers. Oh, one, two, yeah. 
I can count. One, two, <laughs> seventeen. Um, but yeah, it's just... Five. Twelve. <laughs> seventeen. Eighty-six. Hmm? A little old, isn't it? <laughs> when it comes to... When it comes to how they were first appearing as well, um, you know, and... Uh, all you can really do is hear them. Mm. Um, but then Donnie Yen's like yelling at Homeboy. Run! <laughs> then you know that, you know, they're coming to fuck shit up. Force but they Force. they came out with the, you know, through the clouds. And then, you know, Darth Vader obviously constantly walking out with a shit ton can of we, CO2. Can we, can, we, can we talk about Darth Vader? Can we talk about Darth Vader for because, two seconds? Um, yes. And. <laughs> yes, because yes, clearly. But meh because of a couple things. Yeah. Uh, the tank. Well, the Baka tank, yeah. And, uh, and and his castle, which is on Mustafar, which leads to a, a, like a dozen other questions. Do we call it a castle, sir? Sorry, the couch moves. Do we call it a castle? It's a castle. Yeah. Okay. It I was wasn't aware we uh, called it a castle. It, it, Darth Vader has had uh, a castle in uh, the legends um, mythology. This is the first time we get to see it on film, which is actually continuity now. And I believe back then it was Bass Castle or Bass Castle, mm -hmm. uh, which was in the Legends uh, continuity. And now we have it on Mustafar, which is a another question of why would he have it on Mustafar, the planet where he lost his limbs and basically... The lava. I mean, the lava and the burning and then the Palpatine coming and going, oh, let's get into the Darth Vader suit. Um, that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's the emotional connection, a constant reminder. Or is it the, that, that, that is what he would call his home is because that's where he... Born? That's where he was that's, born. That's where he's born, essentially. The, the, yeah. The, Birth, I mean, the, the Darth Vader that we got was the Anakin turning into Darth Vader, and of course that didn't happen on Mustafar, that happened with the Senate, or on uh, uh, Curson when he you know, basically distracts Mace Windu to get you know, dead, and then the, the lightning, and then the, out the window, and <laughs> becomes Darth Vader, and then goes to Mustafar and kills the Separatists and all that, and then, you know, loses to Obi-Wan. So is it, is it a constant is, is he there as a constant reminder to his failure or his anger that's pushing him forward with this place or I mean there, there's a lot of ways to interpret it in which it's it, it's basically the place of his rebirth right and uh, a, a, a very a spot of what the dark side would consist within. He's pretty fucked up, y'all. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he's pretty fucked up. Awesome. Yeah. The last two minutes of the movie. Hmm. Mm. Um, I love his fluidity with the saber, lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Which does not coincide with the new hope. At all. Yeah, so that's a thing. That's a thing, mm -hmm. but I liked it regardless. It, he had so much sass and finesse, I just mm. was like, mm, get it, girl. Slice the motherfucker in half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Choked him to the ceiling. And then what, disemboweled? Don't choke on your aspirations, right? Hey. <laughs> that was before, but yeah. That was cheesy. Yeah. The cheese. <laughs> the, the cheese in Star Wars was oh. so thick. That was, that was cheesy. It was cheesed the fuck out. Mm. I really liked to, at one point when K2 was like, um, the pilot was like, well then we'll be sucked into the deep vacuum in space. K2's like, you will. I won't. I'm a droid. Like, yeah, yeah. we get it, dude. I, I know that you can survive. Thank can you. Survive, yeah. Fucking cheese ball. Mm. Um, but the but, cheese uh, was all real. Yeah, but the, the inconsistency of what he was at the end of this movie to what we saw in uh, A New Hope still confounding? Yeah, Vader, I don't know. Yeah. He's like an enigma wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard if, to if say. If only he could do blue steel. But his face is in a mask. Exactly, so he can't. I, I feel it. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Mm. Um, exciting to see him, though. Not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the first, well, I mean, since, you know, Return of uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, and an on screen presence that wasn't as shitty as 
Revenge of the Sith. Re- <laughs> I, I mean, we could all forget about no. <laughs> as much as I, I would like to forget about no, but that's not gonna happen. No, it got replaced with fucking Saw Gerrera's go. I could not fucking handle that. When he's like, I, go was- Zimjin, go. I was like, okay, dude, I'm, I'm done with you. You know, I got so much hatred right now for... for you just, you're, you're so against Saw Gerrera at I'm this point. I'm sipping the haterade. Yeah. I'm totally down for Saw Gerrera. I'm not down I'm for... For... And it's not like anything... Betrayal of Saw Well, okay, so let's talk about scenes that... You know, of, of course, there was massive reshoots in this movie, as yeah. we're all aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was uh, one, of, one of my favorite lines in the... Oh, I think it was the first trailer... It was uh, when she's in the, the the gunner, not the gunner, the, the, the guard of Empire. God damn it, I'm going to forget this anymore. I'm going to feel stupid when I wake up. Um, this is watching you struggle is I know, so it's, it's bad, especially with Star Wars, because uh, it was... Uh, You've lost your Star Wars points. I, I, mm, mm, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, mm. <laughs> Anyways... But uh, in the first trailer, when when Jyn Erso looks at the camera, and it's the "Who will you become?" Mm-hmm. and I felt like that line resonated with that trailer so well, and to lose it in the movie and not get that, I got a sense of that. Because... Yeah, but you, but you don't hear it, and it, oh. uh, it it's not said, and it's not. I don't think it would have had the the impact of. I mean, we get the impact of what it is. Because yeah. she goes through this, you know, this... A huge change. I mean, she yeah. goes from saying, like, oh, I don't care if we're under imperial rule. I just don't have to look at the flag. I mean, yeah. she says that to, yeah. to fucking dying for the cause. I yeah. mean, hell, that's a that's a hell of a fucking 180 degree. But, the, 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 like, going into the whole massive reshoots and everything like that, the, the original story that we could have gotten, you know, where that line could have came from, I feel, plays... More precedence. I feel like a lot of people could have said it. I feel like casting could have said it. Um, yeah. I feel like Saw could have, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people could have said it. I think people did say it in a way. You know? I mean, it was it was provoked throughout the movie, but losing that line to me, I like I that was what made that trailer for me. Yeah. I I, I, I feel like it was a um, very very resonant. It resonated within what the tone of the movie was supposed to be. Yeah. 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 It's weird because you get that tone even without that line. Because mm-hmm. you're curious the whole movie, like, what is she going to do? Is she really going to go through with it? I mean, I think you get a sense that she's kind of just in it to see her dad. And then, well, if at first you get it, a sense that she's in it to, you know, be free of her, her you know, yeah, have to go back to jail, of, yeah, right? She's, she's indifferent. She's, she's like, fuck everyone. I just want out. Yeah. Um, she, which, she did this for so long and now she's just like see but here. that's what makes me so interested in her origin story is I want to know what the fuck happened after Saw left her behind mm-hmm. I want to know how she survived I, that's like to me that's what I want to see it's probably going to be a comic book well fair enough so you know she, she starts off with just trying to be free of her jail time then she wants to uh, find her dad then she wants to fight on behalf of what her dad told her is, is existent in the Death Star and just kind of taking these extremes in a matter of how many days or hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just I mean, it, yeah, so it's like I said, it, the, the whole movie just went like, it, it went by so fast, but it was, it, it still made sense in that fact. I felt like they spent a lot of time um, really maintaining your trust and your faith and your hope in the, in the, in the characters. Hmm. Which is really refreshing. Usually, when you look at action movies, sci-fi movies, it'll focus on that, mm. and it won't focus on uh, the character development. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think Ripley. it had to in this movie. We got Ripley, right? Yeah. That's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. I don't know. I just watched Finding Dory. Sigourney Weaver is mentioned a lot. Just can't get my head right now. That's all right. I'll allow it. Mm. Every time I think of Sigourney Weaver now, all I can think of is fucking Avatar. Mm. Really? I know. That's, I know. Why, why is I it know. Not aliens? I don't know. We're All Ghostbusters. I, I do, oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. There but is still. No Dana. There is only Zool. Really? <laughs> don't be mad at me. Team Master. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just to to be that extreme in that short amount of time. I just you know again on that extreme note on that. 
extremist mm. note. But overall, I mean, I think I think it's worth a watch. I mean, I definitely, I don't know, I. I mean, if you're if you're a a Star Wars fan or even just like like Star Wars, this is this is definitely a movie for anybody just even entering it. Yeah, even someone just walking into it because they don't really know. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of significance to watching films, not only all of them but in order. Mm, sequentially. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't really like people to watch them sequentially I because don't, I don't feel like Star Wars is a movie you should watch sequentially. Well, now it's kind of becoming more. You know, there's starting to be little more pieces of glue to kind of tie things together to make more sense of things. But I also yeah. I also appreciate that we did some of the prep. I appreciate that you were able to read some of those books and. Uh, watch the shows. I watched the shows, so I gained some, you know, feelings from there too. And um, it helps when there's a lot of content to kind of back up what you got going on in the movie. So, which is one of the only good things about them keeping continuity for the Clone Wars that I liked. They even reference the Clone Wars. Yeah. So. No, Obi Wan. No. Jedi friend. You looking forward to the next one? Yeah. Uh, again, I want to see where. Um... I want to see where it goes. I want to see the continuation of how they, uh, how they finish up the story and everything. So I just I want answers for eight. Give me answers. I just, one of my favorite memes on the internet was for the longest time was just like leave, leave it to the director of Lost to give us no answers in this Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no I kidding. Love, I love J.J. Abrams, but god damn it, that last movie just why? Just something, just something. Keep it, let's go, keep it, let's go, keep people to get the people to come back for the next one. I, I, I'm, I'm going to watch it regardless. <laughs> right, but it's, he knows all the Star Wars fans are going to watch it, but for the people yeah. that are that becoming Star Wars fans, it was going to keep, it's getting them to come back or even get them to even like look up some of the, uh, like, the like, like the previous stuff. So like all the older movies, the, the comic books, the comic Well, the sad thing is, is like all my, all my knowledge is just fucking useless now because none of it makes, none of it, continues to any of this so I have to read all of these new comics and all these new books to be like now I know where I am where am I mm, you something what to do. am I what do you need something to do yeah but I was already doing that before <laughs> yeah. yeah what to do cool mm -hmm. well I think that's a wrap that's a thing that's a thing mm -hmm. I don't know if we kept it under an hour, but I don't really care. No, that's more than an hour. Because we can do what we want. Star Wars. Yeah. I can talk about Star Wars constantly, so. Can you? Yeah. Let's! I, Just um, kidding. Next time. For yeah. sure. Next time, we won't talk about Star Wars. That's not we'll even true. We'll probably talk about Star Wars. Yeah, we're probably going to. That'll probably be something on every single episode. That's good. There will be some sort of sexual reference. Mm -hmm. There will be some sort of discussion about Star Wars. Marcus is black. And there will be some sort of discussion that Marcus is black. I'm glad we finally got that in. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. she said. <laughs> Sometimes he's into it, sometimes he just <laughs> go right Alrighty, well, that's it. That's a wrap. We're done. All right.